each of those jurisdictions had to think, well, you know, how are we meant to help business, but at the same time, not break our budgets. So hence, you know, that's the only real logic reason I can think of as to why it's been so different across the jurisdictions. You're listening to Australia's podcast for accountants, Tax Talks, the podcast to grow your firm. Welcome to another COVID-19 update of Tax Talks, update number 15. This is Heide Robson and thank you to Class for sponsoring this episode. Do you need to include JobKeeper payments in your payroll tax calculations? And to what extent are you exempt from payroll tax at the moment at all? The answer will depend on where your business and your employees are based, as Andrew Fico of Payroll Tax Solutions will tell you. Each state and territory came up with its own rules and regulations. It is quite confusing. So let's start with JobKeeper payments. Are they subject to payroll tax? Here's Andrew Fico. New South Wales and Victoria have agreed to allow for exemption of JobKeeper wage subsidies where we're dealing with workers who are stood down or workers where, let's say, they're a part-time worker and there's a gap between the amount that they normally receive okay, and the $1,500 because the $1,500 is the benchmark for all workers who, if, if it's an eligible business with eligible workers, even if they get less, it's $1,500. So the top up, the gap between the, what the worker would ordinarily get and the amount that the person and the $1,500, which they get, is now going to be exempted from payroll tax. I'll give you a quick example. A worker gets $1,100 a fortnight. They're a part-time worker. They might work three days a week. Now, they don't get the $1,500 as a normal situation, but now because of the JobKeeper stimulus, that business is getting $1,500 and that trickles down to that worker. Therefore, that extra amount of money, yeah, they're getting that. So, But what the states have of New South Wales and Victoria have said in that situation, that top-up, that gap payment of $400 will be exempt from payroll tax as well. Oh, the well, $1,100 $1, is subject correct. to payroll tax because they are working for it, whereas the $400 top-up is not correct. subject to payroll tax. Spot but that's on. very difficult to police. Because then, of course, everybody's officially not working. Uh, that's um, <laughs> Because the employee doesn't see that. They just go to work as usual. They don't see whether the employer says, no, no, this guy's actually not working or not. Or do well, I, I have too I much of a comment criminal on, mind? Yeah, I, I can't really comment on, on that. But the point is that if a business has met the eligibility criteria for the JobKeeper payments and they've got those nominated employees those employees will be entitled to that $1,500. Now, if it's a stood down worker, the value of that $1,500 will be totally exempt for New South Wales and Victoria and all the other jurisdictions. But in New South Wales, the value of the, for, for part-time workers, for example, who don't get that full benefit, or it could be a casual worker um, who don't get the full 1,500 as an ordinary pay every fortnight. Well, they're getting that now. Therefore, to bridge the gap, that extra amount that they're being paid because of the JobKeeper is not going to be liable for payroll tax. So that means in 
all jurisdictions except New South Wales, it's actually very easy to calculate. You just take your total wage expenses, including... To correct one thing you mentioned there, it's, it's not just New South Wales, it's New South Wales and Victoria. So okay. they're, playing, they're playing the same card there. So they're the ones where they're saying, we're going to make the wage subsidy liable to the limit of what the employee would normally get. A person who gets up to the limit of the 1,500 and also a person who gets over that 1,500 up to their normal wages would be liable in New South Wales and Victoria. In all other jurisdictions, it's up to the 1,500. And then for the worker who gets above 1,500, it's basically in New South Wales and Victoria, it's the total amount which would be liable for payroll tax. So let's say it was $2,000 they were getting, it's the full $2,000 that they're getting. But in the other jurisdictions, the $1,500 that is offsetting that worker's wages is not liable in those other jurisdictions. It's exempt. The third scenario is the stood down worker. So they're not performing services. They've been asked by the employer to to stand down because they can't perform their services, but they're going to get the value of the JobKeeper amount. So up to that JobKeeper amount of the 1,500, they're going to be exempted. And if they were to get more than that, obviously that employer, if they are in a position where they can pay that worker more, then anything above and beyond the JobKeeper value of 1,500 would be liable for, for payroll tax in any jurisdiction that is. Whatever you pay to stood down workers, which would be the $1,500, is exempt from payroll tax. Correct. In the whole of Australia. And anything that you pay above the $1,500 is subject to payroll tax everywhere in Australia. Correct. The difference is just with respect to what you pay for actual work up to $1,500. Correct. But then you said they actually have a general exemption. And I think from memory, that is, for example, in New South Wales, you don't have to pay any payroll tax for the June quarter. Is that right? Correct. So now moving away from the JobKeeper um, treatment for payroll tax, if we go to the specific COVID-19 relief measures, and specifically we're talking now about New South Wales, COVID-19 payroll relief in New South Wales. What New South Wales has done is they've, for businesses with wages um, for the 2020 financial year that are no more than $10 million, they'll have their annual payroll tax liability reduced by 25% when they lodge their annual reconciliation, which has also been extended to the 30th of October, 2020. If somebody massively reduced their workforce in the June quarter, and hence their payroll tax would, would go down anyway, then they can still slash it down by another 25%. Well, yeah, if that's the situation, uh, you'd hope businesses weren't doing that just to take advantage yes. of this. But yeah, if it come time for the annual reconciliation, that's where all this will measure up and balance out. And that's hence why it's in the annual reconciliation all washes out in there. We, the business can then review the whole total wages of what's liable for total Australian wages. If the total Australian wages are no more than $10 million, a 25% reduction in their liability will be applied. That's very generous because that's, of course, is much better than just looking at, at it by quarter by quarter. Because if your payroll tax went down massively anyway in the in the fourth quarter, then having an exemption there wouldn't be 
as generous, but having 25% of on the your total entire bill. payroll, mm. that means you basically also get a massive deduction on what you paid for the first three quarters. That's if your wages are below the 10 million Australian wage. Yes, of course. Wage. Yeah. And that's something I have to emphasize there because a lot of businesses might be thinking, well, you know, yeah, our wages are less than $10 million in New South Wales. No, it's not about $10 million in New South Wales. It's $10 million Australian wages. So you've got to consider the status across all the jurisdictions and, and all the jurisdictions when they consider their, their relief measures actually use the total Australian wages. But when we talk about Victoria, they've got a slightly varied uh, approach and I'll talk to that when, when we get to mm-hmm. it. You know, all the larger businesses which, with greater than $10 million will not be able to get the 25% discount. But there is something else for them, which is the ability to defer payments of payroll tax for six months. And that deferral commences from the March return and it will last until the 30th of October, 2020. Now I've got to highlight that as well. New South Wales is the only one to date which has actually provided an extended lodgement date. So New South Wales has typically moved to a 28th of July annual reconciliation lodgement date, but because of the COVID crisis, they've extended it out to the 30th of October. So that's for lodgement and payment. That's when it actually all becomes due at that time. Now that doesn't stop a business going in early and doing it by the ordinary time. Typically, the annual reconciliation will go online come mid-June in New South Wales, but the state of New South Wales has allowed for them for businesses to to actually lodge up to the 30th of October. So it's a big break to give them a bit of space to work out what's going on, especially with the, all the other jurisdictions they may have to, to sort out. So for businesses with more than $10 million and every other business as well, for that matter, they everyone can actually defer payment until the 30th of October. Another thing that New South Wales has said is that, well, you know, if it comes time for payment and, you know, it's it's so much of a a large sum that you're still going to have to pay for payroll tax, they do allow for instalment arrangements and they're going to give more information about the instalment arrangements that they're going to allow for in September of 2020. Another thing New South Wales has done in terms of its relief measures is it brought forward it's increased in the tax-free threshold. It was going to go up to $950,000 from the 1st of July, but now it's been brought forward to, so the $1 million, which was going to, threshold, which was going to be introduced from the 1st of July, 2021, it's actually been brought forward to 1 July, 2020. So businesses will be able to take advantage of that from the 1st of July this year. In a nutshell, that's the the key COVID-19 relief measures uh, for payroll tax that New South Wales has introduced. It's the 25% discounted annual reconciliations for businesses of over 10 million. The other one is allowing of businesses, all businesses, and including businesses greater than $10 million total Australian wages to defer for six months and the extension of uh, the annual reconciliation to the 30th of October, and then the bringing forward the increase in the schedule threshold increase to $1 million from the 1st of July, 2020. So keeping in mind that, you know, if you're factoring JobKeeper in all of that, if it's liable, it's liable. If it's exempted, it's left out of that total count for the $10 million when you're considering that, okay? So when you're considering total Australian wages, you're considering what's liable in another jurisdiction, what's taxable in another jurisdiction. So if another jurisdiction exempts the job keeper, it actually brings your total Australian wages down. Okay. So if, for example, in, let's say in Adelaide, the um, full $1,500 is exempt, mm-hmm. hence the full $1,500 doesn't go into your total Australian wages. Correct. 
and that has a factor to play in with your um, New South Wales threshold calculation as well, obviously, because interstate wages manipulates the threshold entitlement in a particular jurisdiction. So all that plays to total Australian wages. So that's New South Wales. Let's move on to Victoria. COVID-19 payroll relief in Victoria. Okay, so with Victoria, their COVID-19 relief measures specifically for businesses in, with Victorian wages. Remember I mentioned earlier that it's not a, you know, for all jurisdictions bar Victoria, when you're considering the level of wages, they look at total Australian wages. But in Victoria, they're specifically looking at Victorian wages and it's going to be businesses with Victorian wages up to $3 million will have their 2020 payroll tax pay-to-date refunded, okay? And the eligible businesses must continue to lodge their, their returns but will not be required to make any further payments for the rest of the financial year. So basically, businesses with Victorian wages up to $3 million get a free ride for payroll tax for the whole financial year. That's very generous as well. If you know, if we're comparing what you know New South Wales has done, this is quite extensive as well. But obviously, it's for businesses up to three million dollars. Now, with businesses over three million dollars, you know, unfortunately, they're still going to have to pay payroll tax. But those same eligible businesses which um, qualify for the up to three million dollars l- limit, Victorian wages, will also be able to defer any payroll tax payments for the first three months of the the 2021 financial year, and that's an until the, the 1st of January, 2021. That's the summary of, of the Victorian position. So which one shall we do next? Queensland, let's jump to them. COVID-19 payroll relief in Queensland. The states have been harping on about harmonisation for, you know, since 2007. And, you know, and sometimes you, you wonder whether, you know, given really the crisis, <laughs> when you look at all these varied measures and the approaches that they've taken and New South Wales and Victoria kind of like were kind of, I think, seeing what the other jurisdictions were doing, especially when it came to the job keeper, because a lot of people were like, oh, are they going to exempt it? Are they going to exempt it or not? And then, you know, they went with not exempting it like the other jurisdictions did. But, you know, even with all these relief measures that they've, you know, that I suppose they had to consider their political and economic factors around how, what's the state of play for their jurisdictions amidst the night, the COVID-19 situation and where, how are they going to come out of it in the end as well? So it's, a, I suppose it's a balancing act for all these politicians trying to work out, you know, what's, what can we do to really help? And at the same time, make sure we're not in too much trouble in the future. With Queensland, what they've offered is businesses with $6.5 million or less total Australian wages that have negatively been affected by COVID-19, they can apply for a refund of payroll tax for two months, being the November and December 2019 amount. So they can get a refund of that. And then what they're calling a payroll tax holiday, um, interesting use of words there, a payroll tax holiday for three months for January through to March it can be offered to those businesses as well. So additionally, the eligible businesses, they may apply for a deferral of payroll tax for the whole 2020 financial year as well. So if they can't pay, they can apply for a deferral. So in, but the thing is with this one here for Queensland, the businesses need to prove to the state government that they've been affected by COVID-19 and therefore they need to go through an application process and 
expressed to the government that they're in that situation. Whereas in New South Wales and Victoria, there was no application process. It's, you know, what were your wages? If you're in Victoria, they were going to contact you automatically and say, you know, here's your, your money back because it's less than $3 million in Victoria. In New South Wales, it's, well, you know, don't pay anything now, sort it out in the annual reconciliation if you're in that wage bracket. Whereas other jurisdictions like Queensland, they're actually saying, well, you need to prove to us that you're negatively affected by COVID-19. You know, still somewhat generous, you know, two months uh, refunded and then three months tax-free. So then they're not looking at percentages like New South Wales. They're looking at it as, you know, the actual liability for those months. Well, you know, you won't have to pay power tax on it. For businesses with wages greater than $6.5 million, that have been affected by the COVID-19 crisis, they can apply for a deferral of tax for the, the whole financial year as well. They can also apply for a refund of their January and February. So the difference there between the two is the greater than 6.5 million, they don't get the refund and the three months off. They're only going to get, they can apply for a refund of, of January and February only, and they can also get that deferral if they need it. And to go back onto the JobKeeper very quickly, I thought Queensland illustrated a good picture on their website when in explaining the JobKeeper payment treatment in Queensland. So they've got this example, and I'm going to just read it out because I think it, it kind of summarizes all the jurisdictions that are outright exempting the um, JobKeeper payments as a good example. So here it's, it's, it goes, Paula receives JobKeeper payments of 1500 per fortnight for each of her employees, Adam and Michelle. Now, Adam's wages are 1500 per fortnight, which are fully subsidized by the JobKeeper payment. Paula does not include the $1,500 payment as wages for payroll tax purposes. Then we've got Michelle. Michelle's wages are $2,000 per fortnight, which includes the $1,500 JobKeeper payment and the $500 in ordinary wages. Paula must include the $500 of wages for payroll tax purposes, but not the $1,500 JobKeeper payment. And so for jurisdictions like Queensland and the others that have have just offered a blanket exemption to the JobKeeper payments, they don't even need to consider, you know, whether someone's been stood down or whether, you know, is there a bridging of the gap and so forth. All of that. And basically what they're saying is the $1,500 is not liable for payroll tax. And that's the bottom line. That's Queensland's position there. COVID-19 payroll relief in South Australia. South Australia, from the 1st of January 2019, they've got this situation where businesses only need to be registered for payroll tax if their wages now go above $1.5 million, but they're only going to get a $600,000 threshold. So that's, uh, I just wanted to highlight that one because that one's a bit of a, uh, a difference between the other jurisdictions. None of the other jurisdictions do something like that where they say... Yeah, where they basically have two different thresholds. <laughs> yeah. And if you surpass that threshold, we're not going to give you $1.5 million. We're only going to give you 600000 Or 500. Yeah, sorry, we're only going to give you 600000 Oh, sorry, um, 600000 Okay, so the COVID-19 relief measures for South Australia. So businesses affected by COVID-19 with wages up to $4 million will receive a six-month waiver of payroll tax for the months of March through to August. Okay, so the liabilities of March through to August are going to be waived. Okay, so they're not looking at any time before that. It's just those months' liability are off the books. Okay, businesses affected with 
the virus, that means they need to apply. Okay. So businesses in this situation. So whenever I say something like, because if they're affected by COVID-19, therefore they'll be able to get this. What I'm ultimately saying is they're going to need to apply. So you need to, they'll need to apply to the revenue office in South Australia and say, yep, we've been affected. Can we get this six month waiver? And then or the alternative is for businesses with above $4 million, they can apply for a six-month deferral. Whereas in New South Wales and Victoria, you don't need to be affected by the crisis. You can actually be going really well and you still get your payroll tax reliefs, correct? Correct. correct. And in Queensland, do you need to be affected or not? Yes, you do. So whenever there is an application, you need to be affected. Correct. And that lets them know. Now, how all the states actually manage what's returned and, and everything, obviously, you know, they're creating online forms as we speak. If not, they've already done them. So businesses will have to provide whatever information the state has requested. And obviously, this is all policy on the fly. So this is all happening as we speak. And they're trying to catch up to what they've promised and allowed for. COVID-19, payroll relief in Western Australia. For Western Australia, they got this one-off grant, which is for businesses that attract payroll tax. So basically, it's a uh, $17,500 one-off grant for employers with wages between with more than $1 million, but less than $4 million. Okay, so it's so it doesn't apply to smaller businesses than that. So with businesses less than their threshold or less than the, the $1 million. So businesses $1 million, but less than $4 million. So this grant of 17105 is that per business or per employee? Per business. Well, that yeah, is nothing. 17. If you have $4 million of Australian total of wages and you receive $17,000 Per business, per month, I assume. Is it per month or just no, no, the one-off? It's, oh, it's just the one-off. That's nothing. <laughs> well, there's more to it, okay? I'm just. Okay. This is just one thing that they've okay. done, okay? So it, just to be precise there, it's $17,500 for each employer. And if the business is part of a payroll tax group, it's one grant per group, okay? Just letting you know that there's this extra grant, one-off grant there. It, yeah, it might seem small, but, you know, it's still yeah. extra money to them. And, yeah, it, and therefore, into a gifted horse mouth. <laughs> exactly. And that's for those businesses between $1 million and $4 million. So that's what we got to consider there. Okay, the other relief measures. So payroll tax will be waived from March through to June for businesses with wages that are less than $7.5 million. And that's whether they're grouped or not grouped as at 30th of June, 2020. So basically what they're saying for businesses for the whole financial year that are let, works out to be less than $7.5 million of wages, well, they're going to get their payroll tax waived from March through to June. Unlike New South Wales, where they've just given a 25% off, they're specifically looking at what's going on for March through to June. They're just going to give you a, a waiver on that. Now, but to make things a little bit more complicated here, obviously all this didn't happen at the end of the financial year. So you've got to consider what's the situation at when this whole COVID-19 crisis broke out. And the date that they've earmarked is the 29th of February, 2020. So what they said at that point was the waiver would automatically apply for businesses with wages less than $5 million as at the 29th of February, 2020. And if the business was a new employer to payroll tax from 1 March, they could apply to defer lodging returns for the remainder of the, the 2020 financial year. But in the annual reconciliation process, if it worked out to being less than $7.5 million, then they'd be able to have access to the waiver. 
that's how they've approached it. It's an interesting approach rather than saying automatically, yeah, okay, you don't need to make us make returns until the annual reconciliation. You know, what was your wages as at your total Australian wages as at the 29th of February? Well, you know, it's a portion. Remember, this is for, you know, the, the upper limit here is less than $7.5 million. But they're saying as at the 29th of February 2020, if it was less than $5 million, well, yeah, okay, we'll automatically apply it to you. The rest of you, well, you can defer it and then we'll sort it out in the annual reconciliation. So that's what they've allowed for. And then the other thing that they have also done, like New South Wales, they have increased their threshold. They've brought it forward their scheduled increase. Western Australia had a, in my opinion, and given my experience with all the revenue officers and over the last 15 years, one of the worst things government can do for payroll tax is introduce a part year threshold or rate change. And that's exactly what they did in Western Australia. New South Wales had it um, a number of years back and dealing with that uh, from a, a taxpayer's perspective, I thought it was a nightmare because it meant you need to prorata your financial year based on when they increase the rate or change the threshold into part periods. So you're assessing on a part period basis, which increases the administration. So Western Australia had this situation where they were doing scheduled increases to their threshold from the 1st of January. And that meant every year, the businesses would have two part periods to account for, for payroll tax. But what they've done now with um, this incentive of bringing the threshold forward, they've actually aligned it back to the financial year. So they've increased it to $1 million at 1 July 2020. But, you know, we've still got a situation where they increased the threshold to $950,000 at the 1st of January 2020. So we've got two part periods in the current financial year for the first half of the financial year from July through to December, it's 900000 And then from January through to June, it's at 950000 But going forward, it's all going to be aligned again from 1st of July to 2020, it's going to be $1 million. So they've brought forward their, the threshold increase. So that's Western Australia. COVID-19 payroll relief in Tasmania. Tasmania has been quite generous as well in their, you know, the way they've, they've approached as well by what they've done is businesses with wages up to $5 million. And so that's total Australian wages of up to $5 million affected by COVID-19 will be able to apply to have their 2020 payroll tax waived completely. Wow. So For the entire 2020. Correct. Correct. For weight. Yeah. So that's for. And you need to be affected. So you need to apply. Okay. Correct. They need to apply and and demonstrate that to them. There are guidelines associated with each of the relief measures that have been offered by, by Tasmania. So for this one, there is a guideline. And I think the main takeaway from their guideline is that 50% of your wages need to be in Tasmania. Yeah. It sounds very generous. Yeah. 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 Consider the, the guidelines, have a look at the guidelines and see whether the business will be qualified. But yes, it does sound quite generous. Have the whole year waived or exempted, so to speak. But once again, they have to meet that criteria. It won't benefit companies that are based somewhere else and just have operations in Tasmania. Yeah, unless they've got up to 50% of their yeah total Australian wages are in, in Tasmania. The other one that they're offering, which basically it's the same kind of deal where the Tasmanian government will waive the entire payroll tax 
but with no wage limit, total Australian wages, which is for the, the certain industries, the sectors being hospitality, tourism and seafood sectors. There's no wage cap applicable for, for that waiver. Once again, they have guidelines for that one as well. And you can, and my article does link to those guidelines. So there's no up to $5 million, but if you're in the hospitality, tourism and seafood sectors, and you can prove that you've been, a, uh, you know, you're going to be able to have your wages waived for the entire year. Another thing that they're doing is a one-year rebate for employers who pay payroll tax and employ new youth employees. So they're considering their, their youth unemployment rates as a result of the COVID-19 crisis. So what they've introduced is a one-year rebate for, for payroll tax for employees aged 24 years and under, which kicks in from the 1st of April through to the 31st of December. So if a business engages those youth employees under the age of 24 years and under, they'll get a rebate on, of payroll tax on their wages. Okay, so that's Tasmania. So now we have, yeah, Northern Territory, Territory and, and the Canberra. ACT. COVID-19, payroll relief in Northern Territory. All right, so Northern Territory, what they've introduced is that businesses can apply for a six-month waiver of payroll tax if they have an annual turnover of up to $50 million and can, can demonstrate that they have suffered at least 30% reduction in turnover. Now, what does that sound like it's linking to? It's kind of linking to JobKeeper. the criteria for the JobKeeper. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought when I saw that announced. Once again, they have to apply. All right. And there's kind of like this hardship review board in, in Northern Territory, which will consider situation for that specific business who's liable for power tax and then make that decision and say whether that six month waiver will apply. But the criteria will be they've suffered a 30% uh, reduction in turnover. With all these applications, you know, in, in Queensland, South Australia, Western Australia, Tasmania, Northern Territory, in ACT, you need to apply. Yeah. What is your experience so far? Do they have the manpower to deal with these applications or are they completely overhand now and they don't have the manpower to do it? My experience in dealing with uh, the revenue offices is that, you know, they're taking it as it comes. Even to get an answer out of about certain things can take a while. They're trying to turn it over. Um, when it came to the refund in Victorian, for example, that happened quite seamlessly and, and you know, like they it was just automatic based on you know, what would the situation of the reliable wages were. But with these applications, it's a bit of a mixed bag and you don't know the inside workings of these revenue offices. So it's really hard to to see. When I sent an email, I'll give you an example. I sent an email to the Tasmanian Revenue Office and I couldn't speak to someone straight away. The automatic email reply was, we'll get back to you within 14 days. Mind you, with that question that I asked, um, it was a technical one and they did get back to me probably within the week. But that being said, you know, that's the type of situation they have. And all these jurisdictions have also moved to a position where their workers are typically working from home working in the office and, and speaking to your supervisor quickly and getting stuff sorted, you know, all that type of thing is obviously a, a bit of a hurdle for these revenue officers as well. So look, they're in the same situation as everyone else with the COVID-19 thing, but the idea and the principles behind what they're offering is good. How quickly they release it, we're 100% yet to see because obviously a lot of these things aren't being paid out yet. But what they've done is by offering deferrals until annual reconciliation period or months after is basically given themselves and businesses breathing space to sort out all the, the logistics, the administration associated. So 
it's not too crazy in terms of how quickly things need to get turned around, if you understand what I mean by that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So the um, next thing that uh, Northern Territory has done is, so we've spoken about the six month waiver for payroll tax, if they can demonstrate that, that um, 30%. Yeah. And that's measured against the last financial year quarter that compares to this quarter. So that's what they're measuring there. Okay. But the other one is once again, it's instead of a waiver, it's a deferral. And that's for businesses with over $7.5 million which have had a reduction of turnover of at least 50%. That's what they're looking for there. They've also got in Northern Territory this power tax exemption for hiring Northern Territory employees. So there's an exemption for that businesses for new employee. It's a new employee rebate or exemption, which has been extended to the 30th of June, 2021. So they've extended that exemption for new employees. COVID-19 payroll relief in ACT. The ACT, the ACT that lucky been, last, the lucky last businesses can apply for a six-month waiver of payroll tax from April to September 2020 for specified affected employers. There's a specific list that they've released, and they said that if you're in this specific list as an industry, you can apply to to get this six-month waiver of payroll tax. So once again, it's an application process. That application is already online. You can click on it and then enter the data as per and se. Do they have a threshold? Not for that one. Not for oh, that okay. one. They're just no threshold. No, no threshold, no benchmark on that one. But they do have something else when it comes to a deferral. We'll talk about that in a second. But I suppose ACT being in the heart of New South Wales, they, they want to do something like the 25% discount. So what they've done is for annual lodges, so that's businesses that don't have to lodge monthly, Obviously, they're going to have to review their situation come annual reconciliation time. But for annual payers, they will have a 25% of their tax payable waived as part of the annual reconciliation process. That Mm. being said, the annual reconciliation is still due by the 21st of July, 2020. Okay, so in that process, they're going to get a 25% discount for the annual lodges. So like New South Wales, so 25% is like New South Wales, but they don't have the 10 million threshold like New South Wales. Well, the $10 million kicks in for the next relief measure for ACT, which is businesses with up to $10 million total Australian wages, they can defer their their next year's payroll tax, and this is a a bit of a different one, to the following financial year. So they can get interest free. They can so the defer their 2021 payroll tax to the 1st of July, 2022. Okay, so that's what they've allowed for. And that's for businesses with wages up to $10 million. Okay, so that's that's where a benchmark has been applied to them. And that's interest-free deferral to 2020. They've also allowed for businesses in the construction industry, they can apply to defer their payroll tax liability interest-free for six months. Uh, that's specific to the um, construction industry from... April through to September. So that would be the March return, which would typically due by the 7th of April through to the August return, which would be due by the 7th of September. So those businesses can, in the construction industry, can defer their payments. So yeah, that's, you know, rounding up, that's the relief measures across all the jurisdictions. But it's a nightmare for companies who are operating in all eight jurisdictions. It's a nightmare. There's nothing similar. You know, the thresholds are different the way the entire method is different, the um, exemptions are different, the application process is different. There's nothing at all that is the same. 
Yes, exactly what you're saying. It is a nightmare. So many different um, approaches, you know, instead of having a harmonized approach, it's, you know, well, really each of those jurisdictions had to think, well, you know, how are we meant to help business but at the same time not break our budgets? So hence, you know, that's the only real logical reason I can think of as to why it's been so different across the jurisdictions. So when you talk to the tax departments of various companies, do you have the feeling they are throwing their hands up in the air or they seem to be coping with it and they just kind of systematically approach it and work their way through it? I think a lot of the, when in my discussions, I've found a lot of confusion around the job keeper payments. And that's why I had to put out an article specifically about it because... I see. So the question whether the JobKeeper payments are included in the payroll tax base or not. Yeah. And whether it's, you know, is it the whole amount if, you know, if a person's getting $2,000, is it the whole $2,000 is liable or is it just the $500 that's going to be liable? They're just not sure because of the complexity of it. Even explaining it as, as you know, we've taken um, some time now to explain it, it. It's actually quite difficult because we're dealing not with a specific wage, but rather that's something that's subsidizes a wage and it has a, a limit of up to $1,500 and then it applied, you know, there are different criteria as to whether someone stood down or, you know, is it someone who doesn't get up to that full $1,500, you know, is the difference liable or not, you know, all of these things because if those, Victoria and New South Wales, for example, if they taxed the difference between the, let's say that example I had earlier of the person who works part-time and has only $1,100 and then they get you know, the, the businesses are forced to pay this extra amount of $400 to that employee before tax. You know, if they tax that, well, you know, that would seem as outright ludicrous, mm. you know, that those business, that the states would be taxing just because the Commonwealth government's forcing you to pay this extra amount to these employees. So, you know, that's some of the, the confusion that's out there. And I do feel pity for a lot of businesses and, and the, the tax practitioners out there in those companies that have to juggle and especially deal with every jurisdiction but hey that's why i'm here come to me and then i'll be happy to help you out and, and see how um you know get you through it all welcome back andrew wrote a number of articles about payroll tax relief in each of the different states and territories so i will link to those in the show notes in the next episode, episode 244, Amy Holdsworth and Ian Walker of Clarity Street will talk about core apps for accountants. And core apps sounds like some core strengths exercises, but no, it won't be that. We won't talk about planks and push-ups, but about the softwares that should sit in the middle of your accounting practice. Thank you for listening and thank you to Klaus for their support. Bye for now and see you in the next episode. Music